Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Do you guys have a weird, compelling urge to spend a lot of time in a gift shop in a hotel lobby? What is it about gift shops in hotel lobbies that make us feel that we need to spend any time in there whatsoever? They're kind of repulsive and the inventory is always very gaudy and a lot of tchotchkes and stuff that I would never wear, buy, or use. It's a lot of like beach cover-ups with seashells hanging off of it, makeup bags with very large sequins, but whatever the case I find myself drawn to these hotel lobby gift shops like an addiction. And I stand in there and I have to touch every single piece of merchandise like a toddler in a toy store. And it's it's one thing if it's stuff that interested me, but I have no interest in any of it. I'm wondering if they pump something through the vents at these hotels that make you feel like you can't miss out on the gift shop, like some sort of, what is it that they give you with the dentist? Laughing gas? Only gift gift store shopping gas. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Never in my life do I like to roam through stores that have magnets with slogans or straw bags with pom-poms on them, caftans with beading, slippers with, I don't know what, sun hats with writing on them in script across the side. Then you feel like you also need all the, the bath creams and lotions. It's, it's a very bizarre thing, but you know what I'm talking about. And you go in there and you stay in there. It's not like if you're in a town and you walk into a store that doesn't interest you and you turn around and walk out In fact, I may go to the gift shop six or seven times on my trip just to make sure I'm not missing something. I don't know what I'd be missing since I literally am not interested in one thing they would possibly have to sell other than possibly sunscreen and lip balm. Anyway, does anyone else have this issue (laughs) or is it just me? Hey guys, welcome to Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, and I promise you this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. Okay, guys, don't hate me, but I'm not going to do a don't hate me segment this week. My guest today is so brilliant. She's so wise. She is so knowledgeable. She is a cultural icon. I have absolutely no business ruining this interview with my neuroses. Everything that my guest Norma Kamali will say today carries such weight, years of wisdom. She's a very special person. Not only does she talk the talk, she walks the walk. Everything you know or observe about Norma Kamali through the years, she is exactly as she is portrayed. She is one of the most special people I have ever met. 
and I couldn't be more honored to call her my friend. And I couldn't be more honored that she has taken the time to be a guest on my show. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. My guest today is, as I mentioned, a cultural icon. She is a legend by any definition, and she is now the author of an unbelievable book called I Am Invincible. Please welcome to the show one of my favorite people, Ms. Norma Kamali. I am so happy to be here. You know, I'm your big fan, biggest. But I think icon and legend means, you know, you're old, you've been around and I'm cool with that. But I just have to say for me, especially in times like this, I am desperate for comedy. I'm desperate to laugh. I'm desperate for lightness and everyone is so tightly wound that if we don't start laughing soon, we're all going to snap and like go off into the stratosphere. So whenever I meet someone who is genuinely, authentically, brilliantly funny, I just want to attach myself. And I swear, I, I swear you are one of those people. Uh, Norma, you've designed for some of the biggest celebrities of our time. Lady Gaga, Cher. I read recently that uh, Lady Gaga wore a dress that you designed for her mother. Right. Um, I've done, I've done a few really big projects with Lady Gaga. But one thing she did that I had no idea she was going to do, her mother uh, ordered, for about 15 years, I did very special, one-of-a-kind wedding gowns. Uh, And then I said, basta, can't do this anymore. (laughs) The mother, the mother, the mother-in-law-to-be, all of that. No, can't do it. Too much emotion, right. But, yeah, but um, her mother bought uh, a wedding gown and um and I remember it I remember the gown and and then I saw her on the cover of her album wearing her mother's wedding gown and referring to it as her mother's wedding gown and obviously crediting me and I thought how cool is that that is so great you know I mean it really is great Oddly enough, I had first heard your name because one of my best friends growing up was wearing her mother's wedding gown to an event and it was a Norma Kamali dress. I was probably 16 and I wanted my mom to buy me a Norma Kamali dress and she's like, (laughs) absolutely not. You know, it was too expensive for a teenager. But um, it's so amazing how fashion is so tied to memories the same way music is, right? Like we remember what we wore to something just like we remember the time in our life that a a song was playing. So it's amazing you get to be part of everyone's memories like that. I just recently learned that you designed that iconic red bathing suit that was on Farrah Fawcett for that famous picture. And it's now in the Smithsonian. It is, it is. But what's even the weird part of that story is Farrah was a customer, you know, 
just all the time. Every time she was in New York, she would shop. And then when we opened a store in California, she shopped there too. And I did, I used to do this thing of doing like six pieces to test them. And that swimsuit that she bought was part of the test I was doing. And early into seeing it on people, I said, not doing that one again. I really hate it. And I I thought, you know, there's two left, whatever. And then I see the poster and she's wearing this horrific suit. I'm dead. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what the hell? Of course it looks amazing. It's on Farrah Fawcett, who is beyond gorgeous. She is, I will tell you from meeting a lot of different celebrities, she truly was the sweetest, nicest wonderful, warm, generous, kind person. And you can see how she could not intimidate a single male human being in that picture, right? They feel she's going to like me. And you know what? She would. And everything about that picture was Farah. And my swimsuit went along for the ride. I said to her, you know, I when she came in after the poster, I said, I can't believe out of all the things you have, why did you pick that <laughs> swimsuit? I didn't even know you had it. And she said, you know, I had I had a few swimsuits in my bag and her she worked with a friend of hers, photographer, and they'd always had the idea of doing a poster and they would take photos and you know on the beach she was on the beach that day and they took a a bunch of photos and that one came out the best and it did it was a great photo but let me tell you when the Smithsonian asked for my permission to put it in the Smithsonian I said I'd like to make a new version of that for you for display. And they said, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. I love hearing this because as someone who's created things that are out there, I have felt the same way about things that I've made. I'm like, that's what you watched or that's what you read of all things. So I love that we all feel that way, but it's so amazing that this iconic piece <laughs> okay, so we're we're all yeah, even even right. the greats like you, Norma, feel that way. Good to know. I I really trust me. It it's not it's not a good one. That is just <laughs> that's just epic. I want to talk about your book, I Am Invincible. I absolutely love it. It should be mandatory reading for women. And the only other book I've ever said that about was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Both have such powerful messages for women to stand in their truth and be the strongest versions of themselves. What I love about Invincible, I Am Invincible, is Norma goes through the timeline of her life and talks about the idea that the timeline we're given as we're growing up as women is not what the timeline needs to be. And you are proof of that. Tell me a little about why you wrote this book. And I'm so, so glad you did. Well, thank you. I, you know, at 75, I figure I really feel incredibly powerful with information and experience. Mm -hmm. 
And I am invested in communicating the importance of aging with power for women. Mm -hmm. And that um, the book is really a handbook for for women that I wish I had when I was struggling to figure out so many things. And I am invincible is not because I'm invincible, because I'm hardly invincible On on occasion. I am not all the time, but we all are on occasion. We're invincible. And right. the key is how, how can we increase the amount of days where we feel invincible? And part of the, the, the promise of the book is to use it as the milestones that we're sort of prescribed. However, they don't define how each of us travel through the decades. But what the decades do is they give us these transitions that are really important in our lives. And they're formative. They um, create the evolution of ourselves and they're meaningful. So that's two different thoughts. One is we all share the experience of our 20s, let's say. So the 20s are we are adults for the first time experiencing everything as adults. Mm -hmm. And we're experiencing who we are as friends, who we are as relations, parts of relationships, how we interact sexually, how we recognize our skill sets. And in that experimentation, we are extremely vulnerable because we know shit. We know we don't know anything. And so we're part pretending, part this, but it is some of the most painful experiences you'll have in your life actually happen in your 20s because you are so vulnerable. And it can be excruciating. But it's really important to know what you where you feel power and where you're most vulnerable and how to change from that. So by 30, there's this timeline that we're supposed to either be married on our way to being married, have the kid lined up and, you know, the dates. And guess what? There are a lot of tears on a lot of pillows because guess what? That's that's such an antiquated concept and it has nothing to do with anybody. And for those women who force it, guess what? How long is it going to last and how painful and disgusted will you feel pushing yourself to meet a deadline that is an unreasonable deadline? Yeah. Yeah. So so that 30 and then 30, you kind of bluff your way through the 30s trying to you know, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And then 40s, you your brand is, uh, you know, you can monetize your brand. You are at the point where this is when you do it. And then as you go into your late 40s, you start to go through this metamorphosis where it's like you're shedding your skin the way a snake does. Mm-hmm. And you emerge in your 50s, 50s, where you're 
you reinvent yourself and you don't give a shit about anything or what anybody cares about. It's you and that's it. And it starts one of the best times of your life. Yes. Yeah. And so I am saying to everyone, these are things, and there's obviously a lot more information. These are things that you need to know. I never want to be in my 20s again. Never want to be in my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I did it. I went through the initiations. I went through all of that. I'm happy to be me today at 75. And that's the book gives that. And then the rest of the book is about healthy lifestyles so that you can age with power and through sleep diet exercise, you really um, show self-love. This episode covers a lot about aging, aging gracefully, maintaining strength as you age, keeping your wits about you as you age, and the work you do on yourself as you age. And a big part of that is his diet and exercise. So before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easier to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge. There's one-on-one coaching and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finish the program and more than 60% of users that engaged with that program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results and sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash B-L-E-A-V. While we're here, another piece of health and wellness is, is skincare and what's good for your skin. You guys know I'm a fan of the way They have great products from their Way Melrose Body Place Cream to their Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. You can turn your shower into an escape with the gentle skin-softening Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. It balances your skin without stripping or leaving unwanted residue, gently cleanses and nourishes at the same time with a luxurious lather. Their skin-softening oils in a hydrating blend And they use high-quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil and rosehip oil. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser, your body, your way. Go to theway.com, that's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at the way.com code believe. Now let's get back to Norma. There is a mentality amongst 
most people a feeling like it's too late. There are people feel like it's too late. I'm too old. And it's never too late. Look at you. You're 75. You just wrote a book. And I know you, you start a new business every week. And you guys, and I mean this, Norma is not only one of the most beautiful people on the inside, but on the outside as well. And I'll never forget this, but I was sitting with you the last time I saw you in person. And I said, I cannot believe you're 75. You look amazing. And you said to me, this is what 75 looks like. And I I thought it was so powerful because we get this all the time or we say this to people like, you look so great for having a 20 year old. You look so great for having a teenager. You look, and it's true. It's what do we have to look like? The golden girls? Like you, this is what 75 looks like. And I just, I loved that. I loved making that connection. And yeah, and you can, and you can, as long as you keep your spirit alive, right. And you, and you practice self-love and I'm not talking narcissistically, of course, but by taking care of yourself, you can feel good about your body. You can feel good about um, the, the energy and the spirit that you keep alive and nurtured. And a lot of people much younger, even in their 20s, they let their spirit die or dissolve or disappear. And you can't live you can't live a full life without nurturing your spirit and having a purpose. So bottom line is aging with power means you're not thinking about aging in the negative. You're thinking about how, for me, I think about how powerful I am with the amount of experience I have. It is the true antithesis of insecurity and low self-esteem. It's the exact opposite. And you know girls who are absolutely beautiful, but they have low self-esteem and they they destroy themselves. Mm-hmm. And there are girls who are not all that great looking, but they think they're hot shit. And guess what? They convince us they're hot shit. 100%. So I, right? So I think it's the same thing. And being 75 is is an extraordinary experience, but I'm looking at the long game. So I read and I've interviewed several scientists on, on aging and they say 120 is when the last cell turns over. I said, okay, done. I'll see I'm, you at 120. I'm, I'm, I'm going there. I'm, I love I'm going it. There. So, but of course, I don't know my genetic makeup. I don't know any of that, but I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to aim to 120. And on that road, I am thinking, well, what am I going to eat today? What am I doing? Why am I doing these negative things? I have, I have a long game plan. I got to I gotta really make sure I can go there. I, can, I need to be able to go there. And I also want to plan and be a part of the future. I, wanna, I want to do these new businesses and I want, I'm, I have two, three new businesses that I'm planning for this coming year and the year ahead. And they're exciting because a pandemic opens up a lot of space for innovative 
ideas. Disruption opens uh, opens lots of space for you, people like you that have humor and can take us there. And it opens up a lot of room for ideas. And so I want to be a part of it. I want I, I want to be in that. By the way, one of the things I've said is that what's going to be so interesting and, and the people that are going to fare the best in business are the people that are taking this pandemic and seeing how it's changed our lives and pivot and be able to figure out how to move forward in this new world, which I do want to get into with you. But before we leave the book, one thing I said when we sat sat down before we started recording is I wanted to take notes on this book, you guys. And I started, I was on Kindle underlining. And before I knew it, the entire book was highlighted, which is how you know you have a good book, right? There's so much wisdom in this book. You said there is an attitude, a confidence, and a beauty that comes with age, which cannot be found in youth. It is about body language and a sense of power and calm, and it is appealing, especially to younger men for some reason. I can confirm that is true. (laughs) I can confirm that is true. (laughs) I cannot let this podcast pass without talking about your love story. Because I love a good love story and yours is pretty amazing. Norma, you met Marty at 65. Yes. And Ian Schrager, your friend Ian Schrager, set you up. I want yes, you to talk did. I want you to talk about was Marty your typical type when you first met him? I wanna I wanna hear all about it because I know Marty and I know Norma, and they are literally the hottest, most awesome couple. But I'd say maybe very different in many ways when you first met each other. Right, right. Definitely. Well, I was um, dating uh, someone and um, several people through a period of time that were younger than I was, but I never, I never thought that I would get married again and I had no intention and I was fine with it. Um, And Ian went crazy he would just go nuts that who these aberrations what are you going out with and then he but he never introduced me to anybody ever so I, I just didn't ask so lo and behold he says I have somebody I want you to meet and like I said I'm dating this younger guy and um And he was fun and whatever. And so I said, you want to introduce me? I thought it was a business thing. And he said, no, for you. So I said, well, what does he do? And he said, well, he's an advisor for me and for other people. And I said, well, how old is he? (laughs) (laughs) The nerve. I love it, Norma. I love it. I love it. I love it. So obviously he's older than I am. And so I said, oh, oh, okay. And I was not, and, and I'm thinking, well, uh, an advisor and, and, a suit. and older. Oh my God. So he had a dinner at his house and invited some people and he invited Marty. And um, I didn't get dressed up or anything. I went to the gym and then I went over for the dinner. And I was not, I, I, I was not optimistic. And so I'm sitting next to this guy who is nothing like anybody I would ever be attracted to. 
And we had a conversation. I thought he's really smart. He's really very um, interesting man. Probably would love to have more conversations with him. He's nice in that way. But I didn't I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And so I went home and then um, Ian says to me, um, this guy, Marty, wants to have your number. And of course, he 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 didn't ask me because he thought I was totally uninterested. So but then he asked uh, Ian and Ian said, can I give it to him? I said, "Okay." And so um, it took us and he was traveling a lot at the time. And and for that three month period, I got myself involved in a, a business in a, a project that was so intense I didn't shave my legs or armpits through the entire period so there was no chance that I would want to go on a date right not that I was going to take my clothes off right away but I felt I, I needed to know that I at least was grooming myself before I had a <laughs> conversation with someone so um during that three month period, we texted and we really got to know each other just through texts. And I realized that I really, I found this guy very appealing, very interesting. And after the three months we got together and it was like, I looked at him and I thought, this guy is gorgeous. He is, he is. so I think he's hot. And so in any case, we we um, realized that we had what is really important. And that's the the moral character, you know, your core moral character of how yes. what you really feel is important. And uh, we connected with that and we both agree that neither one of us were ready for each other before this. Yeah, he wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. We never would have connected at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. And so at 65, I just want you to all keep in mind that 65 is a very good time to meet the soulmate you will have for the rest of your life. Because you have to remember, not every relationship lasts forever. And you're not a failure if it doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. So just it's whatever amount of time you're supposed to have together, that's what you have. But it's really nice to have that at 65. It's un And now you're engaged at 75. Uh, I didn't even hear the engagement story. Hello. I just saw that you in an interview that you were engaged and I was like, what? Yeah. It, so through COVID we were together. I mean, and he travels a lot and I'm busy. So this is the first time day and night, night and day, all the time together. And we got along so well. It was like, we would have planned times um, that we would meet and we would talk about the day and we talked about really deep feeling, interesting things. And then on my birthday last June, he put a little note at the side of the bed saying, why don't we just get married? And we never talked about it. Oh, you know, I'm gonna cry I mean, now. <laughs> you know, we never talked about it. And, uh, and I said, I was like, it's, 
was that a proposal? I'm not sure what that was at the side of my bed. And he said, well, are you going to say yes? And I, all right, let's do it. So we want to wait for COVID to lift so that you can come I and love do this story. Oh yeah, my we, God. Uh, we, I just want a big dance party and that's it. Yeah, I've danced with Norma, guys. She is she is the dancer that doesn't quit. Uh, you are amazing on the dance floor. I love this story so much. And what's also so remarkable is a lot of relationships really suffered through the pandemic because it was like they got to finally spend time together and they were like, ooh, <laughs> right. there was no outside distraction. So the fact that that's when he proposed is even more amazing to me. This is what life is, right? Because one of the things I think we all learned during the pandemic is it's exactly who you are there with. Like who's in your pot? Like who's there? And mm-hmm. and is this what you want? I think it made everyone look at life from such a different perspective. And so I I love that story. I am so happy you're getting married. But you know, I the the other part of it in saying, you know, I know for me I wasn't ready. Going back again to self-love, in order to, to attract, and you've had, you and I have had this conversation, in order to attract the person you deserve, you have to love yourself because if you don't, it's like the creeps of life sniff you out and they come for your juggler. They come to take you down. And it's not, it's sort of, it's sort of like a, an, an animal instinct kind of thing. It's it's a very strange thing. But when you feel and you've been nurturing yourself, you've been taking care of yourself, eating, sleeping, exercising, meditating, nurturing yourself, you will reap the reward because you will attract that person to you who wants to do the same for you. So true. I just love how you empower women. Norma, you are a gift. How can people find you, stalk you, follow you? What 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 do you what can they do? How can they be part of the Norma Kamali? So uh obviously Amazon's a great place to get the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I am invincible. And then you can follow me on Instagram a lot of uh at Norma Kamali and and I'm I'm following through on things related to the book and that will be coming after the book. And I also have a a website, Norma Kamali, and part of the website is Norma Life. And I'm opening, reopening the Wellness Cafe again and putting um, so many questions are asked over and over. And many of them are what what kind of products to use on your hair? What do you use on your skin? What's good for this, this, and this? And I have been in the wellness world for over 30 years. And I really believe in timeless ingredients that work. I am not a big fan of the flavor of the month concept of something. I really like to find things that you can be loyal to. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be having those up as well as everybody wants the bread. So we we're bread. doing, yeah. So Amy's bread is going to be baking our bread. Amazing. And we'll be distributing it. And uh, you put it in the freezer and it'll sit, be great in the freezer for six months. And so 
it's a it's a great thing to do to have healthy food in the house. So when you do get a craving for something, you go for something like the blueberries and walnuts before you go for the Trader Joe's. <laughs> I won't go anymore. Um, The other thing I want to throw in, Norma, I didn't realize you were a city kid, just like me, born and raised in New York City. Yes. There's a reason I knew I loved you. I I feel like city kids have a a special kinship because we were raised like people. It's very atypical. Uh, You're absolutely right. I, and I loved, I loved my childhood in New York and, you know, I was born in New York hospital. I very, so was I, I, yes, we had this conversation. I'm sure we did, but so yes, we you were a Yorkville I, I, person, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. That's and right. That's right. Yorkville and, forever. Yeah. And we were very lucky. We look at, look at how, and, and it was, um, it was, it, it's, it's in your blood forever, forever. and you can never, I, and we're very kind because we let everybody into our city. We're yeah. very gracious hosts and there's only six of us, I think, but it's okay. <laughs> Norma, thank you so much for taking I love you. Here. I love you. Let's figure out a way to see each other. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week and I will speak to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.